Well, do I have blue eyes? Yes, you do. Yes. Yes, you have babe. I'm blue trying to look at them eyes. on the. But also look at your camera. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so glad we're here today should we tell the should we tell the people that we had our first fight oh yeah brie and i had our first fight we're okay we're fine but let me tell you something i think that our conflict resolution was great and we both were able to express our feelings without there were a lot of throwing up emojis during this expressing feelings yes. session, but but I, but I am what I was gonna tell you on the phone when I was talking to you was that I was really glad that you felt like you were able to tell me how you felt. Oh yeah, so because I I don't normally, but I've never I like actually you. been in a friendship that I feel like I can tell them how I feel. Well, if you don't tell people how you feel, then it's not you're not being true to your friend. It's That's not an true. actual friendship. It's not a good friendship. Well, I just don't want to hurt people's And feelings. then it all bottles up, and then it just like explodes. That explains a lot, actually. Oh, that's why all of my past friendships have failed. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a lot long-going friendships, so, you know. Yeah. Not to, like, toot my own horn, but I'm kind of a good friend, so... Kinda, yeah. You're a really good friend. Yeah, You're you are. You are too, buddy. Friends. You are too, buddy. I you wasn't are. today. I was not today. <laughs> it was a slip up. It's okay. It, I messed up. It won't happen again. It's okay. She cheated on me, guys. That's all. All right. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm not salty about it. <laughs> so uh, this is awkward. This is our podcast. We have another episode called that. Oh wait, we never named it that episode. No, that. we didn't because we came up with tomato. A juice way guy. better episode. So name. much better name. So much. Uh, this is our true crime paranormal podcast. That is Bree, and that is Amy. Hello. Um. Okay. So, do you have a neighborhood story? You bet your bottom dollar. Sorry about that. Okay. Oops. Also, your cat, Leon, decided, I got excited because I thought he was going to be, like, coming in here and chilling with us. Yeah. And he came over here, and he, like, looked up at his bed and, like, you can get in your bed. So he comes around this way, jumps on my tablet, then gets in his bed, looks at me, and then goes and leaves. Like, you jerk. (laughs) It's probably too hot for him in here. (laughs) Okay. uh, So this says, uh, my neighbor left some notes for the maintenance guy. Oh. So there's okay. three notes. Yeah. The first note says, do not let the cats out. Don't let the cats out. Don't let sense. the cats out. That's reasonable. The second note says, do not let the cats out. They will try to run out when you open the door. The second second notice. Okay. The third note says, the big one will act like he isn't he isn't interested in going outside and then he will run out. <laughs> Leon. let me i cannot stress this enough the he cat will, will trick go. you he will go i am outside. very like look look at look at look at how they're laid out three <laughs> notes <laughs> uh, yeah sounds like leon yes it does he's he's a butthead i'm gonna tell you a story 
about the Ken and Barbie murder. <gasps> oh, I like the outfit. It looks very Barbie. It looks Miss Frizzle over here. Miss Frizzle, true crimes in the hizzles. <laughs> Alice was uh, asking me, she's like, why are you dressing up like that? And I was like, I'm trying to look like Barbie. And she's like, you ha- don't have blonde enough hair. And I was like, oh, oh again with the blonde jokes. I know, <laughs> so rude. <laughs> Offended. <laughs> Your self-esteem is going way down with way your down. hair. Way down. You you make a beautiful brun blonde. Something. You make a I'm lovely, right really dirty blonde. Yeah, that's right. You have Allison. really, really dirty blonde it's, hair. It's dishwasher. Dirty. Yeah, Dish. you look like you've been out in the mud with your blonde hair. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> it's not making me feel better. <laughs> Uh, so i'm going to tell you about paul bernardo bernardo he was born on august 27th 1964 in ontario canada to the parents of kenneth and marilyn bernardo they were pretty wealthy upper class upper middle class which uh I didn't know that was like a I thing. know, like it's like upper class or just lower class. Yeah. No, this or is upper, upper class, middle, middle class, class, and lower class. Like I feel like this, this is, is like an in between between middle and upper. Yeah. I feel like like the dad is probably like a well off contractor yeah. and yeah. they have like all the nice toys and stuff, but they pretty much live on credit. They're I, comfortable. I don't know. Yeah. They're very comfortable. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so um they were a normal family, but Paul seemed to be the odd duck, the black sheep of the family. At the age of 11, he was charged with child molestation. Oh. At, Wait, at age of 11? At 11. Yeah. You, that can happen? I... You can charge for that young? Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, if they're molesting another child. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know 11-year-olds know how to do that, I, know what to do. You know what? I, I, I agree with you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Because at 11, I had no idea. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Um, so after this, he started calling his mom a slob and a whore, which, okay. He, and so then after high school, he took off to study financing at the University of Toronto. He wanted that six, six figure salary and went and. Who and, doesn't? Right. But when he spoke, it was almost like he was putting on like this production for everybody. It was like a big show. Every He never said like ums or uhs. And he, he always knew exactly what he was going to say. And when he would say it, it was so like it was booming and it draw captured- everybody's attention. Yes. That is, captured- that is a good a good person for that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, Very successful sounding. Yes. He also purchased a video camera and filmed like everything he did. So that was. Okay. Cool. Very um, for the 80s. I was about to say, is this the 90s? Okay. It's the 80s. No. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. He was born August 1964. So yeah, it'd be the 80s. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, very just interesting because like nowadays it's very easy to do that. Yeah. But back then, like... Well, I mean, like, I know in the 90s, we had, like, home videos. My parents did, like, tons of, yeah. like, recording. But I feel like the 80s are still early for that. Because yeah. the cameras are way... Well, the They're cameras were huge. big in the 90s, too, yeah. though. I remember, like, you would e- actually, like, 
have rent to them. prop it up on your shoulder. Yeah, and you would have to rent <laughs> them because they were so expensive. But he got it. So he recorded everything around him, everything that he did. His friends would say it was almost like he wanted to be famous. Uh, we should start doing that. We could be on a reality TV show. We should just record everything we do. Oh my gosh. Everything on the podcast. We should just record it. Constantly. Just constantly. <gasps> oh. I like that idea. I think that's what Patreon is, guys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this guy, he was an upstanding dude. Wonderful Great. to be around. Definitely want to be his friend. Yeah. Carla Homokla was born to the parents of Dorothy and Carl Homokla in Ontario, I cannot talk, in 1970. Much like Paul, her parents were upstanding citizens. They were, you know, upper middle class, well off. She was the oldest of three girls. Lori was the second oldest and Tammy was the youngest. They were like copy and paste girls. They all looked alike. And they all acted the same. Like her younger sisters, um, the one of the documentaries I watched for it, they like were the second the second daughter she was like we wanted to be like her like we wanted to like i mean like you like idolized to be like, her yeah, yeah they idolized her they wanted to be like their older Big sister sissy. yeah so they that's why i said like they're a copy and paste girls. yeah so um they had beautiful blonde hair blue eyes carla loved animals so she actually worked at a veterinary clinic after high school at 17, there was a convention in Scarborough uh, Carla, Carla attended with uh, the other employees at her work. And at the hotel bar that they were staying at is where she met Paul. Oh, and love at first sight. But that's exactly what it was. <laughs> it was love at first sight. I mean, these people were like two peas in a pod. Um, they spent the evening together in Paul's hotel room. So... Like you said, Carla was like swept off her feet. He was always wearing sport coats, flashy. And he also like had always had a gift for her. Like every time they would meet up, he was like had something for her. And he just like wowed her, swept her off her feet. She and she was just like. They sound like they're meant to be together. Yeah. And he was just like (laughs) starstruck or she was like starstruck for him, I guess. Um, they started doing everything together. They were like peanut butter and jelly. They weren't seen without each other. And he was still filming everything. So like you can watch all of these tapes of this couple because they are like their whole lives. Everything's recorded. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. And, and so when you watch him and like the way he talks to her and the way she acts, it's just like, how can you not be in love? Because, you know? <laughs> oh, just wait, Brie. <laughs> yeah, just wait, Brie. Uh, I was... Uh, um. Oh, yeah. And so you said, just wait, Brie. And that's where I actually, in my notes, said, just going to come out and say, obviously, Paul is not the good guy here. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of got that at age 11. Yeah. Right. So May of 1987 in the suburbs of Scarborough in Ontario, there was a series of rapes happening by a male of Paul's same description. Handsome boy next door type of guy. Blonde hair. In the early hours of May 4th, a woman 
a woman getting off the bus was grabbed and raped near her parents' home. And within a week, there was two other reports of women getting raped with the same timeline. Um, all the women between the ages of 15 and 21. 15. Yeah. Were beaten, verbally abused, and threatened with their lives, lives if they contacted police. And that's when they dubbed the perp the Scarborough Rapist, which is also a well-known story. Sorry. And you're fine. Another well-known story in, like, true crime. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's actually the Ken and Barbie murders. So, over the course of five years, it was reported that Paul raped 19 young women. Ew. Yep. Paul was actually questioned by police at one point, but he was never named a suspect. But in 1990, a victim was able to give the police a precise description of Paul. But by that point, it was too late and he had gone to do much worse things. Oh, great. Yeah. So five months. He had such a hot girlfriend. I know. Why? Ding dong. Yep. So, uh, five months after the last known rape in Scarborough, with the police still searching for this unknown person, Paul moved into Carla's parents' home with Carla an hour and 45 minutes away. And I just want to tell you that one of, uh, Paul's, like, his best friend was dating, uh, Carla's younger sister, and when... His friend, who was is un his he wants he's unnamed. remained un, yeah, he's unnamed. Uh, he said that when he would go over to their house, they would be like, "Leave the door open. You're not allowed to do anything." You know, like they were very strict. Like if you're gonna be in her room, leave the door open, but try to stay in the family room, sort of thing. Right. But when Paul would come over, they're like, "Oh, Paul, we love you, Paul," and the, like. Eventually, he was allowed to move in and sleep Do in the same the bed as whatever the he wanted. Her. Yeah. Jeez. So, and his friend was like, I don't know what the appeal of Paul was. So He had like a... Charisma. Yeah. So Christmas of that year, all the quote unquote kids, I mean, they're not kids, but um, all the children of the house or adult children were in the rec room and the older ones were drinking and Tammy, the youngest sister, she was 15 at the time, wanted to try it. And her parents were like, fine, you can try, you know, this drink, alcohol drink. Just don't overdo it. How old was she? 15. Okay. So, you know, she's at home. <laughs> okay, that's not bad. <laughs> I yeah. say that. Don't drink when you're young, guys. Please, yes. Don't, don't. Do that. We're but, not condoning that. <laughs> no. But, you know, especially in that time, like it was. Yeah. It happens. Completely yeah. normal. Um, after a few drinks, Carla and Lori found their youngest sister, Tammy, passed out on the floor. She was later pronounced dead from choking on her own vomit. And at that time, around her death at the funeral and whatnot, Paul was acting super weird. He, like, didn't want anyone to talk to him and ex- and especially about the death that ha- that had happened to Tammy. He, he was like, no, 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 no. Like, I, we shouldn't talk about it here. And they're like, well, I mean, it was an accident. He's like, don't, don't talk about her death. And they're like, okay, that's suspicious. Yeah, you're acting weird. So it turned out that Carla actually had spiked her sister's drink <gasps> with animal and uh, anesthetics, right? That she stole from the clinic she worked at, and they, and it turns out that 
They took turns raping her. Oh my gosh, that's disgusting. Yep. You pigs. Yep. So when she started to choke on her own vomit, the couple panicked and acted out the scene her family believes. So the other sister at the time, like she was drunk and like hanging out with her boyfriend. So they weren't really seeing what was going on. Uh, the drugs in her system were never detected and it was ruled as an accident. What? Yep. So that's actually what happened. And they didn't find out what actually happened to her until they confessed. Right. So a few months later, Paul and Carla moved to a home in Port Dalhousie. Dalhousie. <laughs> that's kind of ironic. Yeah. <laughs> I am sure that's not. <laughs> Barbie and Ken. I just re- <laughs> <laughs> Dalhousie um, in St. Catharines Carla befriended a teen from work at the veterinary office and invited her home to that oh, she shared with Paul gross yep. you wonderful terrible lady they drugged her and abused her and of course it was all videotaped um, unfortunately she is still considered a Jane Doe she woke up with no memory of the events wait did you say they recorded the other one too no, it wasn't. Re- I okay. don't think. I don't think it, that one was recorded. Okay. I didn't see. I didn't watch all the videotapes, obviously. Yeah, but I didn't see a videotape of that one gotcha. or anyone mentioning it, that it was videotaped. So, uh, she yeah. So she's still considered a Jane Doe. They told that they they have the videotapes of this girl, but no one was ever able to identify right. her, and she has no memory of the event. So she actually didn't that die. Sucks. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, June 15th, a year after the last known rape that happened in Scarborough, a troubled teen was considered a runaway, Leslie Mahaffey. She was supposed to head home after hanging out with friends. But and when she got home, her mom was this troubled teen. Her mom's like, be home by this time. She wasn't home by that time. And her mom was sick and tired of the way that she was acting. So she locked the door. And this just breaks oh. my heart. So she locked the door. There's nothing wrong. Like that she, Correct. the mom didn't do anything wrong. No, but I can't it's imagine. It's just the wrong place, the wrong time. Yep. Yeah. So she locked the door. She's like, I'm sick and tired of you not obeying my rules. You know, lock <clears> the door, lock her out for the night. Well, because of that, she got home, realized the door was locked. So she walked to a friend's house to see if she could stay the night at her friend's house. And her friend said, no, my parents said, no, you can't stay the night. So she's just wandering the streets at this point. And uh, because she was troubled, she was considered a runaway. Well, two weeks after the t- disappearance, her disappearance, Paul and Carla had an over-the-top wedding. Um, sorry, we're just kind of put a pin. In, You're good. You're good. Yeah, in that one. So two weeks after the disappearance of Leslie, Paul and Carla had this like elaborate wedding, like exactly like what a Ken and Barbie wedding would be like. Of course. Um, middle class, upper, middle, upper class. Yeah, middle, middle, upper, upper class. Um, so they had this over the top horse-drawn carriage wedding oh wow i know like fantasy Cinderella. wow yeah i don't think i'd want that big no we didn't go that big no um and this was only six months after her little sister's death and i will quote 
when people asked why they decided to get married so soon after her sister's death, they said the show must go on. Okay, that's insensitive. Yep. So, I mean, one of Paul's uh, friend said that her dress cost five times the amount of his car. Jeez. Like, that's how expensive this is. I want to see these people. I'm going to look look them up. up. Ken and Barbie. While you're telling it. So, 18 miles from the wedding, on the same day, a man was fishing, and he found human remains of in Gibson Lake. And the body was encased in cement, which turned out to be the the troubled teen. Wow, you thought you were being smart putting in cement. So, they just, they thought they were being smart, but the guy was like, he saw this thing in the water, and so he, like, was poking at it with his rowboat, because he was on a canoe, or row, uh, or he was po- poking it with an oar, and he was like, that's not a fish, and he thought it was, like, a dead fish or something like that, and he kept poking at it and realized he's like, that's a foot. That's, that's a foot. Oh, yeah. boy. So. First we had a leg, now we got a foot. The farm story. Oh. Of the leg. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, nine months after Leslie's uh, murder, on April 16th, 1992, 15-year-old Kirsten French was abducted from the front lawn of a church walking home from school. Oh. You think you're safe there because you're at a church, too. I know. So, there were two witnesses of Kirsten's abduction. I said audition. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They saw two suspects in a vehicle that pulled over to speak with uh, Kristen. She backed away from the vehicle and then they saw her being grabbed and pulled into the vehicle. Two weeks after Kristen's disappearance on April 30th, 1992, she was found only yards away from the roadway, which was used as a dumping ground. She was curled up in a fetal position. Her hair had been cut and she was naked. Oh, was she alive? No. Oh. She um uh she was missing her clothes. She was also missing a Mickey Mouse watch and jewelry. Oh, Mickey Mouse watch. No. In one of the videos he was like, Are we going to where are we going today? And she's like, Disney World. And I was like, Y'all don't deserve You suck. You don't deserve the Mickey. You would burn the minute you set foot yeah. on yeah. the Disney World property. Exactly. Because somehow you didn't set burn whenever you set foot on a church property. Exactly. Exactly. So police started to realize that all these murders and rapes were probably connected. And some tips from friends and coworkers started to pour in. After a significant beating with a flashlight, Carla turned herself in to the local police in January of 1993. Beating? Yeah, so he also was like abusing her to her okay okay yeah so he was she would he beat her with a flashlight and she's like enough is enough and went to the police i'm tired of these flashlights (laughs) no more no more (laughs) it took a month before police were confident in arresting paul they wanted to get all of the um evidence evidence you know stacked up against him before they arrested him on february 17th metro sexual assault squad detectives arrested paul on several charges 
Carla was given a plea deal of 12 years, which she accepted. She told police that Paul would boast about how many women he had raped, which was as many as 30. Jeez. Paul was tried for the murders of French and Mahaffey in 1995 and was sentenced to life in prison without parole for at least 25 years. But then it was later designated at and then he was later designated as a dangerous offender making him unlikely to ever be released um january 10th of 2022 paul claimed he suffers from anxiety and stress from lack of human contact what (laughs) he's allowed one hour a day in the yard and he claims he has zero, he claims he is a zero risk to society and blamed his urges for his crimes as punishment for his victims to satisfy him, which does not sound like he's taking blame. No. He's punishing them for not satisfying yeah. him. Yeah. So. I'm, he, you know, mind, you're probably going to get to it. Continue. Oh, okay. So he said that he did, what he did was so dreadful and he cries all the time. Oh, poor baby. We feel so bad for you. So bad for you. Carla's doing much better now. She has no longer, she's no longer married to, uh, she's no longer married to Paul. She goes by Leanne Teal and lives in Quebec with her husband and three children. She married her former attorney's brother after her release in 2005 from her 12 year sentence. Okay. So she went to prison. Yeah. She went to prison. I don't know how I feel about her. Yeah, I don't either. She, she obviously was involved in killing her sister. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Carla still struggles with finding a place in society. A lot of a lot of residents request uh, protection, and she also has requested protection from other people. She has failed to find a common ground in society, and her husband now has said, "If the community is worried, all they have to do is move." What? that maybe you should move to prison yeah i don't know (laughs) i mean he obviously was abusing her and i get that right it it could have been one of those but you could have said something sooner yeah like i i I am all for second chances but 30 30 women were 30 women that she knew about yeah like you could have you could have stopped it and she could have saved so many lives yeah I mean, we've gone over this with other uh, stories that I have told also that the wives have helped, but it's your own sister. Yeah. Yeah. That's just heartless. You raped your own sister. And then didn't bat an eye. Didn't bat an eye. And got married six months later. Yeah. I don't know. So they're both still alive? They're both still alive. How has he not been killed yet? No No offense, but like, I know I... From what I've he, heard, like if you go to prison and people find out that you are a child molester, so you will get chances are yes. Is I, it flickering in here to you? It's flickering so yeah, much. Is. Okay. Yeah. Um it's a Stranger I, Things thing going on in here. <laughs> I think that probably what the case is is that that's why he only gets an hour a day. He's probably, probably protected in, <clears throat> in solidarity yeah. or whatever it's called because. For his own protection. So, that's it. <sighs> that was a good one. I wish all those women could get back at him and, like... I know. Claws, ugly... He wasn't even attractive. Just claws, ugly face off or something. Um, 
blah, 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 blah. So I am feeling a little bit homesick this week. So Aww, I wanted to go back to that. the South. Um, this isn't South Carolina or Florida, but it's still <gasps> the South. I love the South. Um, this is in Louisiana. Ooh. Oh, you did a story in Louisiana, didn't you, last week? Yeah. Baton, 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 Baton Rouge. Rouge. Okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so this is Myrtle's Plantation. Ooh, I love it already. Yes, it's. I love. I love plantation homes. So pretty. They are beautiful and haunted. And most haunted. of the time, yes, like eighty percent of the time. Anyway, rightfully so. so. Yes, yeah. There's a lot of history there. A lot of really bad history. All right. So the Myrtles Plantation was built in 1796 by a General David Bradford, aka Whiskey Dave. Aw, Whiskey Dave. Don't you love this guy already? I love him because I love whiskey. Uh, so he was called Whiskey Dave because he was involved in the Great Pennsylvania Whiskey Rebellion. Ooh, what um, is a whiskey rebellion? Like they were taxing stuff, tax taxing whiskey on people, oh. and they just they weren't they weren't agreeing with it. They didn't like it, so I wouldn't like it either. <laughs> you know. So, but do you just not drink whiskey? As uh, I'm pretty sure they went and threatened like tax collectors. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And I think they may have accidentally like killed somebody, burned a house, possibly. I'm not 100 percent sure, but anyway. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. You know that kind of stuff. It's normal. Yeah. All right. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's not big deal. So Dave fled the U.S. to avoid getting arrested and arrived at Bayou Sara when a then a Spanish colony and obtained a land grant for 650 acres to begin to begin a new life and built uh, this house, originally naming it Laurel Grove. Okay. At first, he lived there alone due to his past crimes. He didn't want to bring his family into any of it and risk getting them in trouble when he wasn't even supposed to be there, really. Okay, that makes sense. So he eventually got pardoned for the entire thing in the Whiskey Rebellion in 1799. So he moved his whole family in with him, his wife Elizabeth, and his five children. Okay. He then passed in 1808, leaving his widow wife, Elizabeth, to run the property. In 1817, she handed the management down to a Clark Wood Woodruff, who was actually one of uh, Whiskey Dave's previous law students, and he actually married his daughter. So he was his son-in-law. So, I mean. Okay. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, so <laughs> he married his daughter, uh, Sarah Matilda. Okay. And together they had three children, Africa, Gail, James, and uh, Mary Octavia. Unfortunately, Sarah and two of the children, Africa and James, died of yellow fever. We're just going to put quotation marks right there. I'll explain later. I'm just going to put them up everywhere. In 1823 and 1824. So uh, a few years after, in 1831, Elizabeth also died the mother, the original wife, okay. and Clark and his surviving child uh, ended up moving to Covington, Louisiana, leaving the home in caretaker's hands to watch over things because he had lost his wife and his kids. Right. So he sold the property in 1834 to a rough and gray Sterling and his wife, Mary Catherine Cobb. They ended up doing some major remodeling on the home. Oh, crap. What did I just do? This is a bad part about doing this. 
They ended up doing some major remodeling on the home, nearly doubling the size of the former building, and they changed the name to Myrtle um, after they had seen all the crepe myrtles on the property. Mm-hmm. Trees. Okay. So, um, is that not... That's a southern thing. So, Sterling <laughs> died in 1854 and left the property to his wife. I know. There's so many names. You're not going to have to really remember very okay. many. Yeah, really I, I had to go through the history a little bit. In 1865, after the American Civil War, when the home was robbed and looted of some of its expensive things, oh my gosh, um, Mary hired her son-in-law, uh, William Winter, to help manage the plantation as her lawyer and agent. William okay. and his wife, Sarah, had six children, one of whom died, a lot of people died here, of typhoid like at only the age of three. Typhoid? Oh, my yeah. gosh. Pretty common then. Yeah. Eventually, they were forced to sell the property due to financial issues, but they bought it back two years later. So, I don't know. Uh, William was shot and killed on the porch of the home. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they don't, they're not sure who. They suspect someone, but it. It's not relevant. It's got to be so. somebody. They, they suspect <laughs> someone, you know. It's definitely not the tree. Not the crepe myrtles. I was just going to say <laughs> the crepe myrtles. Not the crepe myrtles. Um, after being shot, it is said that he staggered inside and died trying to climb the stairs, dying on the 17th step. Oh, my gosh. Mary, Sarah, and the children remained Mary died in 1880, and from then, the property continued to pass through different hands, eventually landing in the Myers family in 1970s, and uh, lastly, a John and Tita Moss. Okay. The house today being built in... The house today uh, is a Creole cottage-style house, has 22 rooms, two floors... Uh, features a beautiful wraparound porch, uh, French uh, barricade crystal chandelier that oh weighs gosh. over 300 pounds. How? I would not want that dropping on me. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Two parlors. Uh, one is for women, one for men. A formal Sounds dining room right. and even a gaming room. And there's a gazebo somewhere on the property too. It's really That's fancy. Fun. So, uh, side note, when I put the quotation marks uh-huh. up for the for the deaths. The so, yellow fever. Yep. So, probably the most popular legend is of one of the slaves named Chloe. So, I mean, it's the South, that time period, they had slaves. Right. It's not right, but it they that's what happened. Um, so, apparently, Clark Woodruff, he was a crappy guy. And he liked sex a lot. And so he supposedly forced the slave girl, Chloe, <gasps> to have sex with him. And Sounds like she knew, something that would happen. Yeah, yeah. She knew she refused that she would be punished way worse and it wasn't worth fighting. Right. So it lasted for a couple years. Oh, that poor girl. And she was also like terrified that the wife would find out because she was like, oh, my God, that lady's going to beat my ass if, if she knows. Which it's not even so, her fault. Yeah, no. Yes. And then the wife would definitely blame her. Yeah. She wouldn't blame the husband. Right. So she would eavesdrop on the family's conversations to make sure she wasn't getting caught. Right. One day she got caught listening in. And so her punishment was uh, ordered by the husband. And he said for her to cut off her own ear. And then to cover it up, he made her wear a turban over it. 
Oh my gosh. So don't she got revenge. As revenge, she allegedly slips some poison oleander leaves into some cake within and within days the wife and two children died. They, they didn't kill the husband so kind of backfired and so some people say that she didn't mean to kill the children she didn't want to kill the children but it just happened right i don't know it's it's all like up there but well yeah so out of fear of the husband would refining out what she had done the slaves all knew about it and they're like we have to take care of her before he takes care of all of no. us so they hung her in a nearby tree <gasps> And after she had died, they cut down her body and threw it into the river. So, yeah. Yeah, it's messed up. Why did she tell everybody about it? They knew. They just knew she did it. Oh. Like, they're all working in close quarters. Yeah. And they know, like, I'm sure she wasn't the only one cooking in the kitchen. They're like, please don't do that. And yeah. she's like, he made me come cut you, off my ear. Have, He's been raping me for years. Have you ever seen the movie The Help? Yeah. <laughs> eat my shit i love that movie so much um so there's a couple deaths here i'll just go back through them real quick just to you know make sure everybody knows that this is a place where some people die just a couple just like two just, just a few just a handful. just like eight just like eight. just like nine it's fine just like 40 so anyway <laughs> um <laughs> Not 40. I don't know. Okay, so we're going to go Whiskey Dave. Obviously, he died here. Whiskey Dave's wife. Whiskey Dave's daughter. Oh my <laughs> I really love the name Whiskey Dave. <laughs> okay, so Whiskey Dave, General David Bradford, uh, Elizabeth, his wife, Sarah, Matilda, his daughter, Africa, his granddaughter, James, his grandson, R- uh, Ruffin Gray Sterling, okay, uh, Kate Winter, William Winter and Chloe. And I think there was another one somewhere, but I couldn't figure out who it was because I think they said 10 that were total there. But I think they said actually 12 people died there, but I'm not sure. But it was maybe undocumented. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, that was only nine. I couldn't find the 10th one, but. Is the graveyard on the plantation for them? I don't know, actually. Hmm. I do not know that. Sorry. No, you're fine. I'm going to have to look it up now. Yeah. It's fine. So, uh, paranormal findings. So, there's been a lot of loss here. Uh-huh. Also, this is a legend. Um, it's rumored that the property is actually on top of an ancient uh, Tunisian Indian burial ground. My house, too. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you'd like that. <laughs> and even though I only mentioned one murder... Oh, yeah, one murder. Okay, so this is where I was talking about. There were actually 10 supposed murders. Uh, I saw on one of the sites that I used that there were 10 murders, not gotcha. just 10 deaths. So um, I did not see. Well, I guess the kids got murdered. Oh, well, she got murdered. He got murdered. She got murdered. She got murdered. She got. That's five right there. Well, there's five. I like how your your southern accent came out. <laughs> My brother and I were talking about that today. We're like, you ever get real heated and then your southern accent comes out? And I'm like, yeah, when I yell at the kids, my southern comes out. <laughs> or if you're around someone's southern, it comes out. Yeah. Okay, so uh, another little spooky legend. Um, there's a mirror here at the home that allegedly contains spirits of Sarah Woodruff and her two children who were poisoned. In the mirror, 
you people have seen markings of her face oh and children's fingerprints you know and like also that. what appears to be like claw marks which people believe is sarah trying to tear her way out of the mirror that's i wonder how they got in the mirror i don't know that's but weird. they've changed the mirror three times and every time they put no. a new one back there it does it continues to like manifest oh that's creepy yeah is it's i i read that i was like well maybe it's just a really old mirror and then it said it's been changed three times up to this date and i'm like holy crap that's weird that is so weird it's <laughs> yeah, cool uh, another cool thing, a famous picture was taken here that was, it was originally taken for like insurance purposes. They were told to take pictures of like how far the buildings were right. apart from each other. And in the picture, you see a figure leaning up against a wall, kind of like they're taking a break or they're yeah. just chilling out against a wall. And it looks like a person leaning up against the wall with possibly a turban on and people believe <gasps> that it's Chloe. Chloe. It's cool. Uh, my heart goes out to her i know sad I, i'm i'm glad she, no i'm not glad she got her revenge i wish she would have got it on the husband yeah um other photographs have captured streaks on the stairs suspected to be the blood of uh <gasps> william winter so they're not the always stairs. there no oh my gosh that's so yeah weird. um guests have reported hearing strange noises apparitions often of chloe handprints on mirrors footsteps on the stairs odd smells of vanishing objects some people have reported seeing the spirit of a native american woman in the gazebo on the property interesting william winter has been seen loudly staggering through the house like up he's this- drunk. <laughs> that's what i read at first and then i'm like oh wait he died staggering into the house on that's the true. stairs yeah and he he basically it looks like he's reliving his death evidently oh that's so. sad um as of today myrtle uh myrtle's plantation is owned by why did i put that there as of today myrtle's plantation is now a registered uh national historic landmark sure it has been featured in many books, magazines, newspapers, and television shows like Ghost Adventures, which I did not watch the episode yet. I'm going to watch it this weekend, though. Yeah. After I finish Stranger Things. <laughs> it is now an <laughs> Obi Wan. <laughs> it is now a bed and breakfast, so you can not only enjoy a little R and R in this beautiful Southern Belle, but eat some homemade waffles. And if you're really lucky, you might just have someone watching you eat them. Oh, so I want Myrtle's. someone to watch me eat with chocolate chip waffles. Yeah, that's Myrtle's plantation. That's it. That's it. Oh my gosh, Bree. Yep. Fun times. I want to go stay there. That would be fun out. to visit. Yeah. Yeah, especially it's a little bread, bed and breakfast. It's so cute. Yeah, a picture. Oh yeah, I want to see a picture. Look at that charm. Isn't that pretty? It's so beautiful. God, I love the those so pretty. Yes. Gosh, I miss the South. Me too. I was only there a month. <sighs> a year. So but you were in, like near Savannah. I was in yeah. in Savannah. Well, we were like forty five minutes away from Savannah. Oh, such. I went to school in Savannah. I've only day. been through it. I want to go to Savannah so bad. It's so, so pretty. It's Savannah, my favorite place. We did go to uh, Paula Dean's it really? restaurant. It's your favorite place? It's one of it's my one of your favorite, favorite places. places. Yeah, Charleston is my all time favorite place. Yeah, I don't think I have a favorite place. My favorite. My favorite place is where my family is. I was going to say my couch. <laughs> my couch. <laughs> my bed. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you a neighborhood story. Okay. You ready? Let's hear it. All right. Message to the thief. 
<clears throat> I found this on next door. To the person who stole my plant and stand from my front porch, grow up. Jerk. Mm-hmm. I hope you get diarrhea and stub your toe really hard. <laughs> Don't walk by my house again. Nobody likes you. <laughs> to the to my deceased grandmother, grandmother who was the original owner of the plant, please kill the plant. <laughs> it's not it's not home anymore. <laughs> I hope you haunt them. <laughs> I'd be pissed too. Yeah. Especially it's a plant stand. And it's a plant stand. Yeah, that's like I have this really pretty aloe plant. That I left back at home with my dad. I'd be so mad if someone stole that. that. She's gorgeous. Her name's Margie. Yeah. Yeah, I named my plants. That makes sense. It's okay. They're alive. That's awesome. I would do the same thing. That reminds me of you, though, with the driveway. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) I would take a pickaxe. I'm going to take a pickaxe to your your driveway. I mean, her heated moments. (laughs) I'm not always mature, and that's okay. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think that was immature. I thought the thing that happened was more immature. Yeah. Oh, totally. You were way more mature about I should it. Say, I should say I don't always take the high road. Yeah. <laughs> the low road is where it's at. Yeah. No ride low. YOLO. <laughs> we are going to get, because it is Memorial Day weekend, and it is beautiful outside. Yep. So, um bye to listen <laughs> goodbye um to listen you can find us on all of the platforms spotify itunes blah 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 you know where to find us um please rate and review us on itunes follow us and like us on facebook twitter instagram and tiktok at wwt and podcast our website is what's with the neighbors.com and on there you can find a link to all the things that she just mentioned along with our merch and a link to our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash WWTN podcast. If you want to be on the donor bus, choo choo. $3 a month, you get exclusive content. And for $5 a month, you get exclusive content and our episodes unedited. Feel free to slide into our DMs with any questions, comments, stories, suggestions, and your own personal paranormal or true crime stories. We strive once a month to have listener story episodes. Our email is wwtnpodcast at gmail.com. And have you checked in on the neighbors? What's with the neighbors? Bringing Amy out. Oh. What's with the neighbors? Wait, why do you have your glasses? Oh, for the Patreon people.